the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today's a great day to speak with Matt Mayer of OpportunityOhio.org because Matt is very, very savvy and insightful on politics and uh, the Ron DeSantis announcement that he's running for president, how it was done and how it landed and where he goes from here is a great topic for Matt. You can find out more about Matt's exploratory run for governor at his website, OhioMatt.com, and you should follow him on Twitter at Ohio Matt. So let's start. I tried to get into the Twitter space last night. Tried to get in. I must have gotten the same message that everybody else did. Did he make a mistake by doing this in this new format, Twitter Spaces? Yeah, no. I mean, I think the people that are pointing there, you know, kind of making a big deal of it are much ado about nothing. I mean, right? They're, they're, they're opponents that don't like the DeSantis, and so they're going to, you know, point fingers at it. We need they, they have a, a flub like that. But at the end of the day, what he showed was Twitter is becoming a new avenue for conservatives. That, that that is a good new avenue that allows us to reach audiences that historically we it's hard for us to reach. So I, I think it's a good thing. And you know, it, it, no one's going to win or lose the the campaign because of a good or bad launch, right? He, he's going to win if he can take out the king, and the king is Trump, who's you know forty points up yeah. as as started on day one. So he's got a huge mountain to climb. Uh, but he, he and his wife, Casey, have jumped in. So clearly they've, they're, they've fueled themselves for that climb, and we'll see if they can do it. Okay, so my background in sports, anytime a team is down 20 points at halftime, the coach will say, well, let's get it under 10 going into the last quarter. DeSantis has a long way to go. This is a primary election. It's state by state. It's not a national election. Uh, coming out of Iowa, coming out of New Hampshire, where does he need to be in terms of trailing Trump uh, to have a realistic shot at getting the GOP nomination eventually? Yeah, look, I think he needs to win Iowa or New Hampshire. I, I think, you know, if, if Trump wins both of those, then it, it starts really undercutting any chance that you can say that I can kind of, look, I can win this, right? If he wins both the kind of ultimate grassroots, small state, spend a lot of time there, if, if DeSantis can't win there, then you know, it'll be over by mid-March, right? So that's the reality. But but when you look forward, there's a lot of time between now and, and the first caucus primary, right? And and I don't see pitfalls for DeSantis because, you know, his legislative session's over. They had a great year. They did things that Ohio's still not done, right? So they're doing good stuff. There are nothing but pitfalls for Trump because, right, we don't, there are multiple investigations in multiple places that could indict him. He's got a trial now scheduled for March of next year. So there, you know, there are a lot of potential pitfalls for Trump, and, and so I think he's the one that's going to have to start navigating things a bit. As now that he has a what people would consider a serious, formidable challenger in Ron DeSantis. So you are very savvy on politics, Matt, and that's why I enjoy having you on. Our guest is Matt Mayer, OpportunityOhio.org, his other website, OhioMatt.com. There's all these talk out there that DeSantis has this difficult job because he's got to thread the needle. He's got to kind of disparage Trump enough to draw Trump people to him without offending Trump people. Is that what you'd counsel him to do, or would you counsel him to go after Trump hard on the things that I think people have forgotten, like the fact that he didn't fire Comey, he didn't fire Fauci, he allowed our country to be shut down, he didn't defund Planned Parenthood, he didn't build the wall. 
Is it possible for Ron DeSantis to do what he wants to do, which is win the nomination by saying this guy was great in some policies, but he did not fulfill all the promises that he made to you. And you look at Florida and I've done everything you would want a conservative governor to do. Would you counsel him to do that or not? I think what you just laid out is is the argument he's going to have to make. I don't think he can kind of win by being a nice guy that people come to like in, you know, somehow that's going to put him at 42%. I think he's going to have to create a distinction with Trump by saying, look, I didn't hire a bunch of people that let us down. He hired all these people, failed to fire them. What makes you think his second term is going to be any better? He still goes on CNN, right? I don't go near CNN. Right. So like, there are all those types of contrasts that he can make with Trump. That is about the only thing he can do to try to pull off. You're never going to peel off the hardcore Trump supporter. But there are some folks that are probably soft that you might be able to pull. And if with some other voters, you may be able to get close enough to, to take them out again in Iowa or New Hampshire, which then gives you breathing room as you head to the you know the big Super Tuesday stuff. Matt Mayer, our guest, OpportunityOhio.org. Follow him on Twitter, at OhioMatt. Follow him around the state. He was in my uh, neck of the woods lately, uh, Champaign County, talking with Republicans there as he explores a run for governor. You can find out more about his position on the issues at his website, OhioMatt.com. This reminds me a little bit of the dilemma that the Tom Cruise character had in A Few Good Men, where he couldn't go at uh, the Jack Nicholson, Colonel Nathan Jessup character too hard, or he'd be in trouble himself, uh, but he had to goad the Nicholson character, Colonel Nathan Jessup. He had to, like, joust at his pride and get him to say something that incriminated himself. He needs to, like, go at Trump, because nobody ever does, and he needs to goad Trump into saying something that people will go, wait a second here, I'm not so sure I like that. I think he's going to have to stick to policy. Don't make it personal, right, because that's where Trump is, and, and that's what kind of alienates voters in some ways, right? And paint very bold color contrast with what he's done as governor and what didn't get done, you know, with Trump as president. And I mean, you know, I think, you know, some of the strong contrasts, right, are you look at stuff like, you know, not only did he not fire Fauci, he gave him a freaking award at the end of his presidency after it was more than clear what Fauci had done, right? Trump gave him an award. Wow. That's the kind of stuff I think DeSantis needs to focus on is, you know, some of these catastrophic hiring problems and some of the things that never got done, right? And, and, and contrast that with what he's done in Florida. And stand, And if, look, if at the end of the day voters still don't want to, to move away from Trump, well, that's okay. That's that's why we have primaries, right? And, and if, but, but paint with bold colors, that's how, that's how I operate, right? I'm a bold color guy I'm talking about the pale pastel musical chairman like John Husted and Dave Yost and Robert Sprague, who are going to do more of the same that hasn't worked, right? And so the contrast you have to paint, I think, is the way to do it and leave it to voters to make the decision. And if they go a different direction, well, that's democracy, right? Yeah, I, I, you know, it's not in Trump's character to say, yeah, I screwed that up. But it's not in any politician's character. I mean, Dan Bongino has been making the point that the Durham investigation is not really about Hillary. It's about Obama. And Obama's never going to admit that he made a mistake. I mean, he was briefed on the fact that Hillary was running this disinformation campaign against Trump that took the nation down this rabbit hole, spent tens of millions of dollars and and undermined Trump's presidency. That's treasonous, in my opinion. Obama's not going to pay any price for that. No politician does. They all seem incapable of saying, yeah, I screwed that one up. Yeah, look, this bothers me deeply, right? As I get out there and talk to voters, it, it really bothers me when I think about, right, the inability of politicians to simply say, wow, you know, I made a mistake here. I'm sorry. We're going to do better. 
And, you know, you see that here in Ohio, right, with the, the, the DeWine Houston pandemic shutdown, right? The harm they did to businesses, the harm they've done to children in their education, right? The, the, the fact that we finally, after three years and three months, were the 39th state, one of the very last to recover the jobs lost during the pandemic because their shutdown was more aggressive than others, right? Their inability to stand up to voters and say, I'm sorry, Right. I, we, we made a mistake. We listened to Amy Acton and Tony Fauci rather than more rational voices. And as a result, we did harm. We will make sure that does not happen again. And frankly, in my opinion, the fact that John said can't apologize, can't say he erred, made a mistake, make, make, should make his campaign for governor dead on arrival. Right. Because um, we, we have to be as voters tired of politicians who are incapable of simply saying they made a mistake. I'm sorry. We'll do better. And that needs to start becoming part of the Congress. And you see this with, you know, politics, you know, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, right? They will never concede that what they did was wrong. Heck, they won't even get questions from reporters about it because no. the media is in hock to him, right? But you see, you know, Trump, Trump never acknowledges, yeah, I should have fired Fauci. Yeah, I made a mistake in hiring, right, this person or that person, right? I, I should have done a better job vetting some of these people that I led in my administration because they were clearly never Trumpers who weren't part of the policy operations that we wanted to get done. And I just think we have to get to a point in America where we expect our politicians to actually own their mistakes and get better. And, and until we do, we're going to keep getting the kind of sad, sorry results that we get in dishonest politicians, corrupt, corrupt politicians, and all the stuff we see both here in the state and, and federally you know, year after year. As we wrap up here with Matt Mayer of OpportunityOhio.org, uh, it's the same in institutions. I mean, I, I've been railing on the fact that Columbus City Schools has filed a lawsuit to stop school choice in Ohio. Now Matt Huffman in the Senate wants uh, the schools in Ohio through, through an auditor's uh, audit to say, hey, how much are you guys spending to fund a lawsuit against school choice? And the schools are outraged. It's intimidation. It's Gestapo tactics that you dare ask us how we're spending taxpayer money. So they don't want they don't want accountability either. No, that's exactly right. And look, I mean, if 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 we don't demand transparency in government, you know, with our tax dollars, whether whether it's used for salary benefits, legal fees, doesn't matter. We we that information should be always transparent, and we they should be readily able to give it to us without complaining and saying, "Oh, you're trying to intimidate us." I mean, the fact of the matter is, right? We know schools. Public schools hate school choice because they argue it takes dollars out of their system and puts it in a place. But all these, all we should be concerned about are, are our schools performing for their students and making sure that Ohio's kids are the best prepared from top to bottom, right? And too many schools are failing too many kids. And, and so instead of being worried about school choice or losing tax dollars or legal fees, these teachers, whether they're in public or private or parochial or, pro- or homeschool, should be focused on, are we delivering for our kids? And the answer in many places is no, and that's got to change. Yeah, definitely does. Uh, Matt Mayer is an agent of change. He is uh, exploring the chance that he might run for governor in Ohio. Find out more about that at ohiomat.com. Follow his business-related site, opportunityohio.org, and follow him on Twitter at OhioMatt. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Always great to have you on. Thanks, Bruce. In our conversation about public schools in the state of Ohio fighting against the expansion of school choice, uh, we've had some calls about that. Uh, I would say that if you want to give me some details, if you have details on the amount of money that's being spent, you can always email me, 
Bruce at SalemMedia.com, Bruce at SalemMedia.com. Uh, I'll protect your identity, but if you have details you want to share with me, you don't want to go on the air, I get that. Uh, you can email me, Bruce at SalemMedia.com. The schools do not want you to know, of course, what they are doing. It's not restricted to just public schools in big cities here in the state of Ohio. It is also true of your major universities. Uh, this is a blockbuster story. My Dayton listeners on 94.5 will be very keenly interested in this. So will you be interested if you are a listener on 98.9 here in Columbus in central Ohio and you have a student at the University of Dayton or you yourself are an alum of the University of Dayton. Uh, The Media Research Center has filed a series of Freedom of Information Act requests to find out what the Biden administration is doing with the funds that it doles out for what is supposed to be the Department of Homeland Security's Targeted Violence and Terrorism Prevention Program. That seems like a good thing, right? We're all in support of that. Targeted Violence and Terrorism Prevention Program. Under Donald Trump, the money that was doled out was doled out to prevent terrorism toward the United States of America. The Biden administration came in and changed the focus. Do you know where the grants go now? Uh, The grants go only to applicants who are based in the U.S., and implement a U.S.-based program. Wow, that's interesting, isn't it? Like, what kind of programs get grants? Well, wouldn't you know, one of the entities that received a grant in the amount of, was it, $352,109 went to the University of Dayton. And its program went to further, quote, media literacy and online critical thinking initiatives. Ah, what kind of things did the University of Dayton do with their $352,000 of your taxpayer money? Well, they concocted a visual aid for their seminar, which showed a pyramid of terrorist organizations that are supposedly bad for the United States. Would you like to know who was in their pyramid of terrorism? The Heritage Foundation, Fox News, National Rifle Association, Breitbart News, PragerU, Turning Point USA, the Christian Broadcasting Network, and the American Conservative, oh, and the Republican National Committee. Uh, At this seminar, put together by the University of Dayton with the $352,000 grant from the Department of Homeland Security to fight, quote-unquote, terrorism. The University of Dayton compared Donald Trump to Pol Pot and suggested that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis might want to start a second Holocaust. The seminar was called Prevents OH. It included a Department of Homeland Security agent as a speaker. It's just utterly, well, it's really not incredible. I mean, it's all too believable, isn't it? Another speaker at the Prevents OH seminar put on by the University of Dayton with its $352,000 grant from the Department of Homeland Security to fight terrorism was a University of Cincinnati research fellow named Michael Lodenthal 
who is, if you look at his Twitter feed, a self-proclaimed member of Antifa. And if you read his Twitter feed, you will find that there are many posts on there which celebrate acts of left-wing violence, particularly those committed against police officers. This is all from the University of Dayton. Incredible. The university's, I'm reading now from the Fox News Digital story, the university's grant application submitted to the Department of Homeland Security linked in a footnote to a controversial Dayton conference where an academic researcher presented a chart titled The Pyramid of Far-Right Radicalization. That is where all those organizations that I outlined previously were listed. Heritage Foundation, American Conservative, Fox News, Breitbart, National Rifle Association, Prager University, the Make America Great Again movement, the pro-police movement Blue Lives Matter, and the Christian Broadcasting Network. Man, this is this is why we have to have a tactical, targeted, focused, able to get things done president in the White House in 2024. I know every re-election is painted as if we don't win this election, it'll end civilization as we know it. And a lot of times that's exaggerated. I'm not sure it's exaggerated this time. Look at what has happened in two years. You've got major American corporations in a effort to further their environmental social governance scores. In the case of Target, putting their pride clothing display at the front of the store, only now it's not the same pride garbage they've been selling for nine years. It's baby clothes with a LGBTQ theme. It's transgender clothes. We've got an explosion in the last two years of transgender flags and LGBTQ initiatives in our schools. We've got a teacher at Olentangy Orange walking around in rainbow socks and a skirt, and he's a dude. I've got the pictures. In fact, you don't think I got the pictures? I'll put them on the uh, Bruce Hooley Show Facebook page after the show today. This stuff is just insidious, and if we give it Six more years, the two left to run, and four more? I mean, I, I do you think they're going to let Joe Biden, even if he can breathe on his own, which is, you know, debatable even now, you think they're going to let him be president for four years if he's reelected? And he'll only be reelected if you run Donald Trump against him, by the way. No, they're going to move him aside, and they're going to move somebody else in there. What Kamala wouldn't do, whatever that she's was. She was rated the most radical senator in the U.S. Senate. Why do you think she got the vice presidency? Because she'll do whatever she has. She slept her way to the top. That's not like misogyny. That's a fact. Google Kamala Harris and Willie Brown. She got the job only because she's black and a woman. That's not racism. Joe Biden said that going to hire a black woman or find a black woman as vice president man oh man we have to win this next election three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.